long time, probably since 1980, 81, and uh, I've seen a lot. And folks, I'm going to tell you what, it didn't, it doesn't get any better than what we've experienced this morning with a, with a group of folks who want to serve the Lord and who want to worship Him and for the talent that God has blessed us with in our musicians. Not only to be able to play as well as they play, but to lead us in worship this morning. And we are very, very grateful and very blessed this morning. But I'm glad to be here with you all this morning. And uh, if you don't know where Doug is, he is probably sitting on the deck of a ship somewhere enjoying uh, all the fun things that there is to being on a cruise. And I know he's having a good time with his mom and dad and, and with Janie and... This morning, we're going to look at uh, some things that uh, I believe that the Lord wants to say to us this morning. How many of you know what those three little monkeys stand for up there? Okay, if you, if you know what they stand for, let me see your hand, okay? If you have no clue, there's a few that have no clue. I can remember as a kid growing up, my grandmother had these three little monkeys <clears throat> in a bedroom, okay? We have see no evil, speak no evil, and hear no evil. And I thought this morning I was going to take those three little monkeys and use those as an illustration with our sermon so that when you see them next time, you're not going to think, see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil, but you're going to hear what the Word has to say to us this morning. So we're going to look at God's Word. But I want to ask you this morning, when you hear the word provocation, what does that word mean to you? This is audience participation time. When you hear the word provocation, what does that word mean to you? Okay. What was that? You're about to go off, okay? You're being provoked, okay? Now, you know what? It can be the quickest thing. And in my case, if you cut out in front of me while I'm driving, I tell you what, it just gets all over me. I'm easily provoked. And you know what? A lot of times, all of us have a tendency to overreact when we're provoked. And some of us have more difficulty than others when it comes to controlling those emotions. But we're going to look this morning at James chapter 1 and verse 19 and see what James has to tell us about these, um, these emotions. And if you've got your word or your listening guide there in front of you, it's there. But let's look and see what James has to say. James tells us, my dear brothers... Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Now, we're going to talk this morning about the fundamentals. So let's see the fundamentals. Here are the fundamentals. We should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So when you see the little monkeys from now on, we should be quick to listen. Now, notice... The little monkey with his hands over his eyes. Folks, when we're blind, we have to depend on our senses, especially these, to know what's going on. So we should be quick to listen. Now, of course, the little monkey with his hands over his mouth is going to teach us that we should be slow to speak. And the little guy with his hands over his ears means we should be slow to become angry. How many of you have seen someone get so angry that they just... Their hands are right here, and it's just like they're ready to explode. So when you see these little guys from now on, I want you to think of the fundamentals. 
This is the basics. This is one plus one equals two. We should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. There are the fundamentals we're going to look at this morning. Now, James tells us in this verse of Scripture that we just looked at, he is the half-brother of Jesus, and he tells us to take note. And notice in that verse that he addresses everyone. Not just a particular group of people, but that everyone includes all of us today. Realizing that everyone who has ever been born, or ever will be born, has a problem with what James is about to say. And notice that he doesn't say that everyone should listen, but he says that everyone should be quick to listen. And that's hard. So don't miss the rhythm. One quick and two slows. But most of us run with the slow and two quicks. Most of us are slow to listen. We are quick to speak and we are quick to become angry. And James tells us we've got to turn that around. That's not going to work. That old dog, as Dr. Phil would say, ain't going to hunt. We've got to turn it around. However, James tells us that we've got to be quick to listen. Now, I want to say this right there and note in your listening guide. It is the listener rather than the talker who drives the communication process. Because what does communication involve? It not only involves talking, but it involves listening. And in most of our cases, when we're communicating, it's very one-sided. There can be two people, but it's very one-sided. This person's side and this person's side. And when this person is talking, this person is not listening. This person is thinking about what they're going to say next. So there really is no communication going on. We can talk and talk and talk. And most of us have been at times in our lives where we've been with someone and they're talking and we're talking because we're trying to make our point and they're trying to make their point and nobody is really making a point because nobody's listening. So God's just telling us that we need to be quick to listen. Everyone needs to be quick to listen. Everyone. And I can still hear my mother. You know, when you get to be an adult, You let things come out of your mouth that you swore you would never say because your parents said that. I can still hear this today. My mother saying, you've got two ears and one mouth. Now, sometimes in my case, it would be two eyes and one mouth. Two ears and one mouth. Which means I should listen twice as much as I talk. We've got to be today, folks, quick to listen. We've got to be alert. And we've got to be ready for what the other person is saying. When we're communicating and we're not listening and we're not being alert, we're not hearing what the other person has to say. And you know what, folks? God is our ultimate listener. When you feel this close to God or this far away from God, God still hears and God still knows. And He is our ultimate listener. Because when we pray, God is always going to listen to whatever we say. And remember, we need to listen to God as much as we talk to Him. Now, having said that, I want to make a point. Henry Blackaby, in Experiencing God, says this. 
And I wrote the quote over here on the board. God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, and the church to reveal Himself, His purposes, and His ways. Now, if God is going to be our ultimate communicator, our ultimate listener, and our ultimate speaker, let's see, let's see just exactly how God is going to speak to us. Okay? God is going to speak to us by what? By the Holy Spirit. He's going to speak. The Holy Spirit is the tool that God is going to use to speak to us. And what is the Holy Spirit, or how is the Holy Spirit going to speak to us? God speaks through the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit uses the Bible. Okay? We want to get direction from God. We've got to go to God's Word. He also speaks to us through prayer. Okay? Then we're going to look at circumstances. God will use the circumstances in your life to speak to you, and then He will use the church. Now, through this, through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, and through the church, what is God doing? God is speaking through the Holy Spirit to do what? Through all of these Bible prayer circumstances and churches, He's revealing Himself, He's revealing His purposes, and He's revealing His ways to us. So I think... And you ought to think that we have a God who wants to communicate to us. But sometimes we get too caught up in the busyness of our life that we can't hear God because we've got everything going at 100 miles an hour and we have never taken the time to be quiet, to be still, and to hear what God has to say. We're too busy and we've got to slow down. Now, a quick listener will always hear God's still, small voice. Sometimes God speaks to us in a scream where we know it's God. And sometimes God speaks to us in a very still, small voice. And we ought to be close enough to God to hear when he speaks that away. Because he may say something very profound in this big scream or holler, but he may say something just as profound to give us direction, to give us the answer that we're looking for in that still, small voice. Now, let's look. James goes on to say that we... Let me stop. Let's go back to the fundamentals. Here they are. We should be quick to listen. We just talked about that. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. James goes on to tell us, not only should we be quick to listen, but we should also be slow to speak. We should be strategic, thoughtful, and discerning when we talk. Now you Look at those words. Strategic, thoughtful, and discerning. Now I'm going to tell you what. If you have your life surrendered to God and, to the, and His working in your life. When you become angry and you want to fly off about something and God is working in your life, when you go to confront an issue, you can be strategic and thoughtful and discerning when you talk. And it's very amazing how your point can be made and received when you are strategic and thoughtful and discerning about what you say. When we communicate with our spouse, when we communicate with our children, when we communicate with our, our boss at work, 
whomever it is that we're communicating with, we have got to be strategic and thoughtful and discerning. Because if we go in and blow up, we're going to probably get blown back up at. So let's, let, let's, let, let's back up and let's don't be that away. Let's not be an over-talker. Lord, you know people and I know people that if you're around them, they're going to talk and you're going to listen. Sometimes you check out, but you kind of nod or whatever. But you know they just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Well, God doesn't want us to be over-talkers. He wants us to listen as much as we talk. And we need to listen more when people speak to us and not interrupt. I found out as a kid growing up that when my dad started talking to me, and you know, as a kid, you hate those dogs because he's making a point and you know he's right and you know you're wrong and he just wants to talk. But you know what? I have found as an adult, if I'll listen and not interrupt, I'll find out a whole lot more. And most of the time, the questions I want to ask will be answered. And sometimes more information will be given to me if I listen and not interrupt the conversation. Now I want us to look at three verses and see what these verses can teach us about what we're learning. Proverbs 10 and verse 19 tells us, When words are many, sin is not absent. So that guy who flaps the jaw all the time, you can probably bet that uh, self is on the center of his life. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Look what it says in Proverbs 13.3. He who guards his lips guards his life. But he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. And then Proverbs 29.20 tells us, Do you see a man who speaks in haste? There, the Bible tells us there is more hope for a fool than for him. So here's what my encouragement to you today is in looking at these three verses. Can we put them back up there? When we talk too much, we are insecure, we are lonely, we talk too much when we get mad, or when we're just plain selfish. So I'm going to ask you this question today. What is one situation in which you find yourself over-talking? You think about that for a moment while we look at these verses. What is one situation where you find yourself over-talking? And the next question is, what is it that makes me talk too much? Is it insecurity? Are we lonely? Are we mad? Are we selfish? If we find ourselves over-talking, it would be a great thing for us to memorize one of these verses and to know that God can use his word to help us do this more than we do this. Because we'll find out a whole lot more when we listen than when we talk. But I want us to go back to the fundamentals. You're going to get tired of seeing these fundamentals. But I want this indwelled into you today to know that when you see these little guys from now on, you think I should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because this is the fundamental. This is what the whole talk is about today is the fundamentals, being quick to listen, being slow to speak, and being slow to become angry. James continues even further. And not only says should we be quick to listen 
and that we should be slow to speak, but that we should be even slower to become angry. And if we have a problem with flying off at the handle or losing our temper, then we need to go back to being quick to listen and slow to speak so that we can be slow to become angry. And if we have an anger issue in our life, I'm going to stop before I finish that sentence and say this. Anger is detrimental to every one of us. And if we have an anger issue, it is going to affect us more than it affects the people around us. Yes, it will affect the people around us, but it's going to affect us more. So the best thing we can do is get rid of that anger issue. And there are numerous ways that we can do that. But we've got to get rid of that anger issue. So when we talk about anger, if we have an anger issue, we are not doing the fundamentals. Which are being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We have got to get that anger issue in our life in control. Now let me say this about anger. Anger is not always sin. Righteous anger has its place. There are times that we can be angry over things that are right to be angry about. And we should be angry. When Jesus went into the temple and the priests were robbing the people blind over their sacrifices, Jesus was angry and threw those guys out of the temple, overturned their tables. He was angry. It was a righteous anger. People were not being treated as they should. But you know what, folks, today? That's not the kind of anger that we're talking about here. We're talking about the kind of anger that we just plain lose it. When we are provoked and that anger comes up in our life, that's what we're talking about. We've got to be slow to become angry. Is it easy? Can we do it in our flesh? No, we cannot. So what kind of life do we have to live? We have to live our lives surrendered to the working that God wants to do in our life if we're going to be slow to become angry because we can't do it on our own. It's nothing that we can do. Now, I'm going to ask you this question and myself the same question. Are we slow to anger? When we think about our relationship with God, we realize that God is the ultimate listener and the ultimate talker. <coughs> and when we are dealing with others, we should mirror God's communication skills. If God is the ultimate listener and the ultimate talker, then we as Christians should mirror God's communication skills. Now I want us to look at an anger scale. And you know, we've got this anger scale here. One being slow and ten being quick. You take a moment on your little listening guide there and you circle where you are on that anger scale. Are you slow to become angry, which would be number one? Or do you fly off the handle 
at the drop of a hat. You probably need to circle ten. Where are you? And then below that, I want to ask you this question. What are your anger triggers? What is it that triggers you to become angry? And I'll tell you one thing that triggers me to become angry is incompetency. I am, I just can't stand, you know, I'll give you an illustration because they say confession is good for the soul. A week ago, Gregory and I went to his ball game, and he had a pretty late ball game that night, and Tammy fed him dinner. We went to the ball game. We got through with the ball game. Get in the car. I'm hungry, Dad. I want something to eat. So we go to Sonic, pull in the, pull in the drive-thru. I push the button, and I tell the little girl, I want a hamburger, I want tater tots with cheese, and I want a medium Coke. So we sat there, and we talk a few minutes. Well, out comes the little girl. She gives us the hamburger. She gives us the Coke. She gives us the tater tots. But there's no cheese on the tater tots. So I pushed the button. And I said, uh, we ordered a hamburger, tater tots with cheese, and a medium Coke. And we got the hamburger, and we got the medium Coke, but the tater tots have no cheese. And she comes back and she says, well, that'll be $2 and some, no, no, okay. And I pushed that button again, and I said, I don't want another order. I want you to come get these that are not right and take them back and make them right. Oh. It's like I wanted to say, do you have anyone inside there that is competent? But I have a little 10-year-old sitting on this side of me that I've got to set a good example for. Okay? So here comes the little girl out, and I hand her the bag out of the car. And, and, and Gregory, I'm sorry, Dad, I'm sorry. Gregory, it's not your fault. You don't have anything to apologize for. So a little girl comes back out, and she was real sweet and brings Gregory his better dogs with cheese. <clears throat> but I just can't stand that, and it just gets me. Just that incompetency. So now if we're, if we're confessing, and confession is good for the soul, then, then I'm confessing to you that I have an anger issue when it comes to incompetency. I just can't understand that. It's like it just gets all over me. But you know what, folks? When I allow that to happen... Guess who's sitting on the throne of my life? It sure isn't Jesus. It sure is not. So we've got to realize what our anger triggers are. And you know what, folks? We may have more than one or two anger triggers. But when we identify them, then we can deal with them. So you may want to write 25 anger triggers. And if you do, that's great. But deal with them one at a time. And reckon yourself dead to that anger issue and alive in Christ. And through the power of God working in your life, you can overcome those anger issues. You can do that. You can stop and ask God to help you to become slow to become angry. Now, I want us to look at the verse again that James, that James uh, says in verse 1. I'm sorry, chapter 1 and verse 19. James says, my dear brothers, he says, take note. I want you to circle that, take note. And above that, I want you to write, pay attention. James tells us, hey, pay attention. Everyone. We might want to circle that word, everyone. Should be quick to listen. Highlight that word quick. Circle it, do whatever you want to do. Slow 
to speak and slow to become angry. And then look what James says. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Notice James says, take note of this, our first command. We should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. But James finishes his verse with this anger issue. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. But you know why James says that? Because James knows that the hardest thing to do on that list right there is for us to become slow to become angry. So James nails it in that one little simple verse right there. Man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Now I want to look at one more thing and we're going to be through. I want us to look back at our fundamentals and I want you to see this again. We've got to be quick to listen. We've got to be slow to speak. And we've got to be slow to become angry. And if God is going to work in our lives, we've got to surrender ourselves to these three things right here. Being quick to listen, being slow to speak, and being slow to become angry. These are our fundamentals as Christians as we live in this life. So I would encourage you this morning to ask God right now in the still, quiet moment of this time, to speak to you and to work in your life when it comes to the fundamentals. Reckon yourself dead to being the someone who is not quick to listen. Tell God that you are easy, easy to fly off and talk too much and ask Him to help you to be slow to speak. And then... Ask Him to help you with any anger issues that you have in your life. Because God desires to speak to you this morning. And He desires to work in each and every one of our lives to bring into being in us exactly what He wants. Because every one of you, every one of you matter to God. And Jesus would have had to come down the cross if it was just you or you or you. Everybody matters to God. Everybody. Let's pray. Father, you give us your word and your word is alive and it's real and it's active and it's powerful and you want it to be applied to our life and just hearing your word isn't good enough We've got to do what you tell us to do. We can't deceive ourselves in just hearing. We've got to do what you tell us to do. And please, this morning, take what's been said in this one simple little verse and apply it to our life. Help us apply it to our life. Help us to know where it is that you want us to go. Help us to know what it is that you want us to do. Help us to know these areas that we need to surrender to you this morning. And know that God is going to speak and work and move in your life today. And God, we ask you this morning to be with our pastor and his wife. 
as they're enjoying some time away, may this be a refreshing and a renewing time for them in their relationship with each other and in their relationship with Doug's parents and most of all in their relationship with you. And when they come back to us, may there just be an anointing on their life that only could have come from you. And God, I pray today that you would use Doug as he leads New Life Community Church, that you would lead us into the work that you've called us to do and to be the people that, that you know we can be only because we surrender our lives to you and that we're willing to live the way you want us to live. So this morning we just commit ourselves to you. We lay our lives before you as an offering poured out before you to be used in any way that you see fit to use us. And we commit this to you this morning. In Jesus' name. You keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment and you ask God to speak to you through this one little simple verse that we've shared this morning. And David then will lead us in another song. And